this word to stir you, to encourage you, and to bless you. God bless Sister Angie. Why don't we give God that hand clap of praise? You are so good to us, God. You are so faithful, God. That firm foundation you've given us, God, we have something to stand upon. Lord, you are good all the time, God. You are faithful. You are merciful. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Mm, Isn't he so good? So good. So good. God is so good. Well, my, my, my. Thank you, worship team. That was beautiful. Mm. Well, I am so excited to be here. Thank you, Sister Meyer, for inviting me to speak today. It is a privilege and an honor, and I don't take it lightly. I, I trust and believe that God has given me something special just for you. And I was so excited all week. I was like, I can't wait till Saturday. I just can't wait. It's so, his, what he downloaded, it's like so God, because it's not me. Like, it's just all God. And every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, encourage them with this, Lord. So I trust that this is going to touch someone today. And I just pray that you open up your hearts and minds to that. Thank you for everything, all of the volunteers today that put on everything, all the decorations, the food. The, I know she thanks, but I want to personal th- personally thank you too. It's just, it was so beautiful and good. Doesn't she always do an amazing job? Don't we love Sister Meyer? <laughs> we love you. We love you. We love you. Uh, well, um, I just want to go ahead and jump right in just because I know your time is valuable and I feel like I just want to get going into this right away. So if you wouldn't mind just turning in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. And I'll start reading it here. It says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come forth unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I tell them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So if you just set your Bibles down and just pray with me and ask God to be in this and speak through this. Jesus, Lord, we pray right now that you would just touch every single person in this place, every lady here. Open up our hearts and our minds to receive what you have to say to us, God. Let us have soft hearts, ready ears, God, ready ready hearts, Lord, to receive this and to be encouraged and to bring you glory in all of it. Jesus, I pray that you would touch this all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, yeah, like I said, this is 
God has placed such a beautiful subject on my heart today to talk to you about, and it's something he's been teaching me about for the past few years. Um, And if I can be honest, I'm a forever student, so I feel like I'm forever learning this, which is good because we want to stay teachable, right? We always want to continue to learn everything that God could possibly teach us throughout our entire lives. So this morning, I'm going to talk about becoming in the waiting, becoming in the waiting. So as you know, most of our church, if not everybody so far, has been coming down with sickness, right? (laughs) Bless the Lord. And yes, as we, you know, it seems to come and go. Every time we get better, something else hits. It seems like it's a different virus. It's something going on. So, and then if you're in a household with little children, they don't tend to know the meaning of personal space, right? So it's just this cycle. Next one gets it. Next one, right, Shawnee? Yeah, next one. (laughs) We were just talking about that. Yuck. Well, and you know how it goes. So despite all the ups and downs, I can't help but seem to get over the fact that sickness and anything that requires us to rest, it causes us to slow down just a little bit, to take a breather, just to slow down. And when we're forced to slow down, that's when we're able to sometimes learn the most incredibly valuable, lifelong character-building lessons that we'll never forget. Um, When we're in the middle of sickness or healing from a surgery or dealing with some kind of pain, we find ourselves in this uncomfortable season of waiting. Does that make sense? Have you been there? Season of waiting, that dreadful word, wait, wait, just wait. (laughs) Say that to your kids, right? (laughs) Just wait, wait, wait and see. Let's wait and see. Just wait your turn, wait in line, right? Go wait in line, get to the back of the line. We're waiting to get better. We're waiting for more strength, more energy. We're waiting for that cough to go away. We're waiting for that incision to heal. We're waiting for that fever to come back down. Jesus, help us. Or maybe you're waiting for a different reason. Maybe you're waiting for that job offer to come through or for that raise to come in. Or maybe you're waiting for your family to come back to church. You're waiting for an answer from the doctor. You're waiting for that offer on that house to come through. You're waiting to have a baby. You're waiting to hear God answer your prayers about your calling or any other need. You're waiting for God to use you. No matter what you're waiting for, we know one thing is for sure, and that is that in the moments when we don't have answers, when we don't know what's coming, or if the situation we're in is going to get any better or how it's going to end, we have a decision to make in that moment in that season. And that is, how are we going to live our lives in this season of waiting? Or the better question is, who are we becoming in this season of waiting? So just reflect on that for a second. And, you know, it's just interesting. I read something that said, you're not the same. You are not the same today as you were yesterday. And that sparked a thought because in nursing school, I learned that you're not every seven years, your body regenerates every cell in your body. So physically, you know, biologically, we're not the same person every seven years. And I thought that was just incredible that God just has that has made us like that. And then if that's not amazing enough, we see in Genesis chapter 127, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And to think that we're created in the image of the most high God. So not only is our body amazing physically, but we were made in the image of the most high God. God of the universe. I mean, as we read in our opening text, he's the God who states that his name is I am that I am. 
And so I just want to come back to that scripture in Exodus chapter uh, 3, just 14 and 15. It says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And verse 15, just that phrase, This is my name forever. That name, I am that I am. Just had to sit and think about that for a second. It's three consonants, five letters. That's it. I am that I am. And so looking into it further, James Moffat is a Bible scholar and a translator, and he translates I am that I am to I will be whatever I will be. So I picture God saying this to Moses. You go tell those people in in Egypt that the God that they serve, his name is I will be whatever I will be. And it starts to make me quite, like, think about all of the names of God, like how many names that, we, that come up in the Bible of, of God. Elohim, God the Creator, Yahweh, Jehovah, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Adonai, Lord, our Master. And then we know all of the Jehovah names, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, Ancient of Days, He's Emmanuel, God with us, the Holy One of Israel. His name is Jesus, right? Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But there is that name that God said, this will be my name as a memorial. I am that I am, or I will be whatever I will be. So if you think about it, throughout all of our lives, we've seen it again and again, how God shows up in our lives and what he's become to us in those moments of our lives. Like, wow, he's, he's, he's a becoming God. And before we, like, I, I want to pause here and say, listen carefully, because I know that God never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when I say that he's a becoming God, I just want to explain that a little more. Um, I was talking with this, about Melissa, with this to Melissa and Sue, I think, at some point. But do you remember um, on social media like a year ago, or I don't know, it was a long time ago, I came across this video or it was an advertisement for... Um, doing the color test. Have you ever heard of that color test? Okay, let me explain. So (laughs) it's where this lady was sitting in a chair and she, a fashion designer was, or some fashion expert was like draping colors, all of the material colors like across her chest, around her face. And then she would take away one color at a time to show her like what colors best suit her, like her eye color, her skin color, her hair color, what like made her you know, what, what fit her color tones the best. And so then once they got to the color that they felt, they said, this color is so becoming on you. Have you ever heard that term before used as like, yeah. Oh. Mm. I think I said that this morning to uh, Sister Holdman, didn't I? Yeah, there you are. I said, wow, that color is so becoming on you. <laughs> that pink. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. It means it flatters you. It's beautiful. And so I know that's a silly analogy, but if we look at God in that context, we can say that God is a becoming God. We are saying, God, you are the fairest of 10,000. You are the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. You are beautiful beyond description. He's altogether lovely, the picture of perfection. That's our God. And we know Without a shadow of a doubt that God is the same yesterday and today and forever, just like I said, he never changes. But what we also know is that he does become what we need him to become in the moments we need him most, right? Can anyone testify to that? Oh, God is so good. 
good. He is the bread and then he's the water to those who hunger and thirst. He's the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He's writing our story. He's the creator and the sustainer. He made the universe and he keeps it going. He's the king and the servant. He is sovereign and ruler over all and yet he came to walk. Yeah as a servant in our, in our lives, he will become whatever he will become. We can't put God in a box. He will be whatever he will be, right? I am that I am. And here he is today. We felt him in worship this morning. He's the same yesterday, just as he was for Moses. He meets us here every single week, every single service, and in your lives every single day. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. And since we've been made in the image of God, and if he is a becoming God, and we are made in his image, then we're able to become the woman of God that he wants us to become. And trust me, yeah, I know you might be thinking, oh, I'm not perfect, I'm not like God, you know, like, no, and that's exactly right. None of us are. God knows that. God realizes that. And guess what? He loves you at every stage in your becoming journey that you're in. He loves you so, so much. You are a child of the king. John chapter 1, verse 12 through 13 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So that's proof. He didn't make a mistake with any of us. No matter where we are in our journey, you are a child of God. I have a cute little story I want to share. So, Little girl comes home from Sunday school and she found her mother weeding the garden. Although her mother wasn't a churchgoer, her mother was interested in what her small child had learned in Sunday school. So she asked, what was the lesson like? And what, had, what did you do in Sunday school? And the little girl said, Mom, today we learned that God watches us all the time. He sees everything we do. Well, a frown came across the mother's face and she said, but darling, doesn't that make you feel uncomfortable to think that God is kind of, well, spying on you? <laughs> she said, no, mom, you don't understand. It's just that God loves me so much that he can't take his eyes off of me. Oh, oh. Jesus, you're so good. He's so good to us. He loves us that much. No matter where you are in your journey, in your becoming journey, he loves you that much. He can't take his eyes off of you. Romans 8, verse 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, think about this, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is head over heels in love with God you. I'm going to try to convince you by the end of this. You're going to know it. <laughs> God who loves you and sees you wants you to understand that no matter where you are in your journey of becoming, he has designed you to be just who you are. He loves you at every step. And just because you haven't arrived and aren't perfect doesn't mean he loves you any less. But he just wants us to seek him in the process he wants to see us pursuing him in the process. He wants to help us become. So Mark chapter 117 says, And God said unto them, Come after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. I want to read that again in a different way. Like, and Jesus said unto them, Come after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. That's why we need God. 
We need to come after him so he can help us become who he's designed us to be. He wants to do something with you. He's not done with you yet. That's why you're still here, right? And I can attest to that personally. You know, you're, some of you know, a few years ago, I heard to say, hard to believe that it's been a few years that I can say that, but in the worst of my sickness, it felt like pain would never end. I remember it so clearly. Um, I didn't know what to say or even how to pray, what to do during that time. I would think, what am I supposed to do as I sit with 103 fevers? I'll spare you of all the other details, but how am I supposed to move on with this when I'm in severe pain around the clock? Our finances are going down the drain, not being able to be mom and wife, understanding if I'm even going to survive this for months at a time and even for years on and off, just wondering how is this going to turn out? Feeling alone, feeling exhausted. Maybe you're relating to some of that right now, just feeling afraid, wondering how the story is going to end. We've been there at many different points of our lives. I know we can all relate with that. So now, and I don't share all of that to, you know, receive pity or attention, but I wanted to share it because God taught me so much during that time. I have learned that there is so much beauty, so much treasure in the season of waiting. I am changed wholeheartedly because of the change, because of the waiting. I'm a different person because of the waiting. God has helped me to become better than what I was. And thank God, because even though I'm not perfect, I know he's not done with me yet. And that makes me excited. I just know one thing for sure that I wouldn't trade this waiting time for anything else in the world. I'm going to sit in that waiting season and thrive. And here's why. Because in the moments when I felt like my prayers weren't being answered, I still sought after him. In the moments I was desperate for an answer, I still worshipped. In the moments I was afraid, I still turned to him in prayer. And in the moments I had those enemies' lies trapped in my head, I turned to the, the word, the truths of God's word. And when I felt weak, I gave it every effort to make it to the house of the Lord because I knew he was there. And I wanted to show up and, and do that, right? And see him and meet him there. I got closer to him. So I don't say that to be, you know, I'm perfect. and Because, yes, I had moments where I wanted to throw in the towel and I've had enough is enough. And I don't know what I want to do about all of this. But one thing is for sure, I'm sharing that to show you that, man, he has revealed himself so much to me. Because, yes, yes, thank you, Jesus. In the moments of our suffering, he reveals himself to us, and it's so beautiful. I started to see who he truly was, because when I became fearful, he became my Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. When I became weak in my body, he became Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my banner, my victory over this illness. When I became, when my finances became depleted, he became my Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. And when I became lonely, he became Elroy, the Lord who sees me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Can we just stop and thank him right now? Jesus, thank you, God, for showing up in our lives, for being Jehovah Jireh, for being Jehovah Nisi, for being our peace speaker, God, in the moments of our lives that are so stressed, God. You show up in ways we wouldn't know just because we're here, God, in this waiting season. Lord, I thank you, God, for revealing yourself to me, Jesus. You are so good. You are so good. 
God, I thank you for being who you are, Jesus, not just for what you do, but for being who you are, the I am that I am, becoming what we need right now, Jesus, in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you see it now? Like how he shows up, how we understand who he is more of. When we don't give up in the waiting, when we seek after God, God begins to reveal more of himself and he truly is the I am that I am because instead of being afraid, when I see that God is Jehovah Shalom, I know he's going to take care of me, I become peaceful. Instead of feeling frustrated when my bank account is low, and I've experienced that God is Jehovah Jireh, I become excited about my future because I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I can live in joy. I become joyful. And that's the next thing. Instead of feeling lonely, when I know that God is my El Roy, that he is with me, he sees me, I become joyful because I know he's never going to leave me or forsake me. I am not alone, right? So see that transition when you're in the middle of something and God reveals himself to you, you can walk in that and you become someone he's trying to make you to be. Because of the pain, I could keep going, because of the pain, I've become empathetic, right? But think of it, because of the depleted bank account, we can become givers because we see the hand of God that provides. When we've, because we've felt anxiety, I've become thankful because I know anxiety and gratitude can't exist at the same time. So I'm more thankful for that anxiety because it's making me choose to say something good about God and to be grateful for him. Because of this journey in sickness, I've become grateful because I couldn't, I wouldn't have learned more about who God is without it and I wouldn't be the person I am today. So thank you, Jesus. Yes. When I was in the midst of all that pain and suffering, I clung to something that helped me through and you probably remember this. It was a poem that I read a couple of years ago. Some of you might remember. And I think it just fits so perfectly in with this message that God has given. And so I want to read it again. And I just want you to put yourself in this as if you are the one asking the questions and God is speaking to you. So the poem is called Wait by Russell Kelfer. And it says, Desperately, Helplessly, longingly, I cried. Quietly, patiently, lovingly, God replied. I pled and I wept for a clue to my fate, and the master so gently said, Child, you must wait. Wait? You say, Wait? My indignant reply, Lord, I need answers. I need to know why. Is your hand shortened, or have you not heard? By faith I have asked, and I'm claiming your word. My future and all to which I relate hangs in the balance, and you tell me to wait? I'm needing a yes or a go-ahead sign or even a no to which I can resign. And Lord, you promise that if we believe, we, but, we need but to ask and we shall receive. And the Lord, I've been asking, and this is my cry, I'm weary of asking. I need a reply. Does that sound like any of us at some point in our lives? <laughs> then quietly, softly, I learned of my fate. As my master replied once again, you must wait. So I slumped in my chair, defeated and taught, and grumbled to God. So I'm waiting. For what? He seemed then to kneel, and his eyes met with mine, and he tenderly said, I could give you a sign. I could shake the heavens and darken the sun. I could raise the dead, cause the mountains to run. All you would seek, all you seek I could give, and pleased you'd be. You would have what you want, 
but you wouldn't know me. You'd not know the depth of my love for each saint. You'd not know the power that I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through the clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. You'd not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence were all you could see. You'd never experience that fullness of love as the peace of my spirit descends like a dove. You'd know that I give and I save for a start, but you'd not know the depth of the beat of my heart, the glow of my comfort late into the night, the faith that I give when you walk without sight, the depth that's beyond getting just what you asked, the depth of an infinite God who makes what you have last. You never know, should your pain quickly flee, what it means that my grace is sufficient for thee. So yes, your dreams for your loved ones overnight would come true, but oh, the loss if I lost what I'm doing in you. So be silent, my child, and in time you will see that the greatest of gifts is to truly know me. And often And thought often may, my answers seem terribly late. My most precious answer of all is still to wait. Mm. It's so beautiful. He just wants us to know him. He wants to get close to him. He wants us to get close to him. Our perspective of God changes when we wait, right? We have a little shift of perspective that happens. We begin to change when our perspective changes. When we change our perspective, we can truly start to see who we're becoming. We can be thankful that we didn't rush the process, that we didn't rush the journey. We can fully trust that God is doing something good. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, we can trust that he's working. We can continue to wait because we know good things come in waiting. So, 2 Corinthians says 5 and 17, this is why. If any man, oh wait, no, I'll back up a little bit. Because you can do all things through Christ, right? Finish it for me. You can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth you, yes. Yes, God is going to help us in that process of waiting. And here's 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Man, but again, I'm going to flip back and emphasize it differently. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That tells me that we need to stop thinking about our difficulties, stop focusing on that, and shifting our perspective on our becoming God, our beautiful God, our perfect God, our infinite God, our faithful God, our loving God. As a quote that I read, Oswald Chambers says, when we fear God, we're not going to fear anything else. But if we don't fear God, we're going to fear everything else. Exactly. So if we fear God, we're going to become comfortable in the uncomfortable situations. We can walk through the toughest parts of our journey in peace because we know who God has been for us in the past. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I am breathing, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Mm, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You are so good. You are so good. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. He's so good to us. Melissa, if you want to come to the piano. Um, You know, I read a story 
about a lady who is waiting in the airport to pick up her friend. When a gentleman carrying two suitcases came running up to the family standing beside her, and she watched as the man hugged his children. They laughed and cried. She watched as the husband grasped his wife and said, I love you, I missed you. And they were so engrossed in this reunion. And finally, she summoned the courage to ask, you know, how long has dad been, been away? And the man replied, two whole days. She was so shocked at the kind of greeting after being only gone for two days. She said to the man, I hope that when I get married, that my marriage is as passionate as yours is only after being gone for two days. And here's what the man said. He stopped smiling and he looked at her and he said, don't hope, decide. Because we've been given this power of choice. Don't hope, decide. And as the family disappeared, that, la- that lady's friend showed up and she said, what are you looking at? What do you, why you got that look on your face? And that woman replied, I'm looking at my future. Mm. So wherever you find yourself in this journey of becoming the woman that God has created you to become in this season of waiting, make up in your mind that I'm not going to stay the same today. Today is the day that I'm going to make a choice that in the waiting, in the pain, in the desert, Here's what I'm going to decide. Make this personal. I'm going to decide that I'm going to make it to every church service I possibly can because I know God is there. I'm deciding to worship even when I don't feel it. I'm deciding to read God's word like it's the only book that exists. I'm going to decide to listen for his voice. I'm deciding to obey in the midst of setbacks. And then I'm deciding to seek him, to seek the I am that I am. We need to pray that we become who he wants us to be as we wait. So don't hope. Decide if you'd stand with me right now. We need to make up in our mind that I'm not going to live in complacency anymore. Today I'm choosing to become who God wants me to become in the waiting. Jesus, make me more like you, God. If we could get to a place where it's beyond emotion, right? It's a decision. So today I invite you to the altar this morning and I just want you to begin to respond to him. Take a look at where you are in this journey of becoming in your season of waiting and just let God speak to you. And as you begin to respond to him, as you walk in that obedience to the word of God, you are releasing a power, the power of God to work in your lives because you are walking in obedience. By praising him, your act of obedience just releases him to do a work in your life that you've been waiting for. Jesus, touch these ladies this morning. You are welcome to come to the altar and seek him right now, Jesus. You are becoming the woman God wants you to become in the waiting. Jesus, you are so good. You are so good, God. I thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Lord, you're my firm foundation this morning, Jesus. I've been held in your hands. Jesus, you hold me in your hands, Lord. From the moment that I wake up. Till I lay my head. Till I lay my Jesus, head. you are El Roy. Oh, I will 
Because you see me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, all my life, Jesus, you've been faithful. And all my life, you have been faithful. Hallelujah, Jesus. I see it now. 